Welcome to Glass Talk, Canada's podcast for the architectural glass industry. Now here's your host, Patrick Flannery. Hi, everyone. I'm Pat Flannery. Today we spoke with Ainsley Duick. Ainsley Duick is the operations manager for Duxton Windows and Doors in Winnipeg. Uh, she has uh, become an expert in uh, continuous improvement and lean manufacturing uh, over several years on the job, uh, taken a lot of courses and uh, done a lot of research and implementation. Um, she is uh, especially interesting uh, to us because she's applied uh, these concepts to residential and commercial fenestration manufacturing specifically. Um, a lot of the times when we hear from CI and lean experts, they're from the automotive industry or, or somewhere like that. Uh, Ainsley has definitely uh, put these into practice at Duxton and uh, has a lot to say about, uh, about that process. Uh, we talk about just what continuous improvement and lean manufacturing are. Uh, Ainsley talks about her experiences applying these principles at Duxton. Uh, we talk about uh, dealing with disruption and change when you're introducing these new manufacturing processes to your uh, to your plant and how that can be managed. Uh, we do talk about some specific innovations that Duxton has come up with that, that came out of these processes, came out of the uh, implementation and participation by the workforce in them. Uh, we uh, talk about getting employee and management buy-in uh, to continuous improvement and lean processes talk about some common pitfalls uh, that companies run into and how we can avoid those. And of course, we also get into the, the benefits, uh, both uh, measurable and, uh, and perhaps a little more intangible, but still very important of the uh, continuous improvement and lean processes. So hope you enjoy this conversation with Ainsley Duick from Duxton Windows and Doors. Okay, folks, I'm here with Ainsley Duick from Duxton Windows and Doors. Ainsley, how you doing? Good, thanks. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, it's great, to, it's great to have you on, and it's great to have, uh, well, frankly, uh, a, an expert in uh, continuous uh, improvement and lean manufacturing on because uh, they're, they're, they're few and far between, especially in this industry. Uh, you know, if you're an automotive or something like that, it's, uh, it's not hard to do. But uh, right. um, we're going to get into it. But the, the 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 glass industry and the window and door industry have uh, have have been a little slow in the uptake uh, uh, in a lot of in a lot of places on this stuff, especially smaller manufacturers. And uh, we, we, we'll get into some of that and, and maybe why that is. But why don't we start out? Give us give us your uh, your resume a little bit and uh, and tell us about what you do at Duxton. Sure. So um, my background is a business degree, and I've now been working in the family business for 10 years. Um, I started learning lean manufacturing just about from day one. And um, Duxton is a company of about 90 people. Uh, we've been steadily growing uh, since 2000 when my dad initially started the company. And um, we do exclusively manufacturing of fiberglass windows and doors. So we've got a very, um, call it narrow focus. And uh, we're, we're really proud to both design and build, um, which also opens up a lot of uh, opportunity for us. So I think that definitely plays into how we uh, manage our manufacturing. Residential and commercial, right, Ainsley? Right. Yep. Single family homes and what we call light commercial. So a lot of uh, apartment buildings or uh, medium to high rise stuff as well. Yep. 
people can catch a nice project of yours called uh, the Pump House. Uh, that's yes. in our great glazing issue uh, just uh, last uh, uh, the June issue. So um, yeah, ni nice work there. We can see some of the some of the great things Duxton is doing. But what we're uh, well, I guess what we're talking about here today is how you do it. Uh, so um, and and you've been uh, really interested in in well, there's there's two concepts we want to get into here: continuous improvement and lean. And they and they 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 are different things, but I, I think they I think there's a lot of overlap. Um, mm -hmm. Why don't you yeah. start out giving us what, what your definition is, what's in your mind when you talk about those two terms? So I think the classic definition of lean is reducing or removing waste from your manufacturing and continuous improvement is very self-explanatory. Um, you know, every day you get a little bit better. It, at Duxton, a big focus of ours is to call it continuous improvement as opposed to lean. Granted, we probably use both words uh, day to day, but the tricky thing about lean is that we don't want our staff or our team to feel like the goal is to reduce employment opportunities or reduce people on the floor. It's not about leaning out manufacturing to the point where we can find something to do the job of for people. If your business is healthy and growing, you will always find another place for the right team. And so continuous improvement is a lot more inspirational for people because they realize that they can be a part of it and it will make their jobs better. Hmm. Yeah, I like that. I like that thinking around it, right? Because I mean, while removing waste is pretty much always a good thing, um, the 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 broader, you know, the 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 broader idea of continuous improvement um, makes you think about, well, you know, maybe if we reduced a little waste over there, but you know, these other things became bad or 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 were or were worse. You know, it, it doesn't it doesn't make sense anymore, right? Yeah, yeah. Like I think our team learns the most about lean and the word lean when we go through the training, and they do a value added mapping process. And so you go through every single step of building windows. So let's say that you're in our case. Uh, assembling a box together, you grab a screw, you put it on your drill, you put the screw in, you grab another one, and then you rotate the window. Or what if it's a big window and they have to walk around the table? So you're trying to find the times where, hey, they wasted six seconds because they ran out of screws here and had to go looking for them and the box wasn't where it was supposed to be, or whatever it is. Um, they start realizing when they actually see all these seconds wasted or minutes for sure, it does happen sometimes. And then they realize, oh, value added means what is the customer paying for? And the customer is happy to pay for the screw going into that shear block, but not necessarily them wandering around because somebody put the box in the wrong spot. So I think that's the light bulb that goes off when we have our training. Hmm. And, and uh, who have you, um, have you partnered with CME, I believe it is, for the for the training? Or is yeah. that who kind of developed that course for you? Yeah, so uh, they took the concept of lean manufacturing, which probably goes way beyond Toyota to also Henry Ford, but they took the concept and they have been amazing at developing lean 101 as a one day course, the yellow belt is a multi-day course for beginners where they map it out like I described. And then the green belt is the really amazing option. And this is 
their CME courses are available across Canada, especially in the major cities. But uh, the green belt is where you really learn a lot. So you will go to different companies. They might not be in Windows at all, but it really doesn't matter. And then you can strip apart one of their workstations and rebuild it and figure out if you can basically time the process with fewer errors and in less time and in a more safe manner. Um, so some of the exercises we've done, these are called Kaizen blitzes. Um, we've kept the changes for years after these people have come to our company. So somebody who was, you know, at the mint making loonies and toonies is now in our factory helping us identify waste and better ways to manufacture. And then if they visit us years later, they can kind of proudly say, oh yeah, I was a part of that process. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it, it's really great. Um, uh, people don't, you don't appreciate it until you get into it. I think some of the uh, the opportunities for for creativity there. Uh, uh, yeah. I've I, I I like to I like to play every morning about thinking about my coffee making process, uh, yeah. and uh, and I I I just I I know that there's got to be a hundred things I could be doing better, but I I haven't gotten around to doing the spaghetti diagram yet, and and yeah. all this yeah. about all the wasted the wasted movements and the and the, and the different things, but uh, there's 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 a lot there. I, I guess the I'm pretty sure there's a YouTube on exactly that topic is making is your coffee or toast or something like I think it's exactly in the kitchen and. Yeah, it, it was kind of hilarious how they yeah. worry about like, where did they go for the cream or the sugar? Or did yeah. they open the packet or did they have a jar of sugar? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I had, you know, the grinders over there and, you know, yeah. it have been, that should have been down by the coffee Waste, maker. waste, waste. Nobody's yeah, paying terrible, for that. Oh, terrible, terrible <laughs> waste. And, you know, just, just blowing my time. And oh, <laughs> I know, I know. Um, <laughs> how, how did, how did you get, how did you get involved? with this Ainsley I mean I mean like you say you you know pretty much since you I guess I guess been at the company you've been you've been kind of thinking about this stuff but uh you really uh you really dug into it what 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 was the impetus there um I guess I just liked doing things efficiently as a person and uh I did a lot of that at my mom's office so she's a lawyer and somebody's name goes into uh their documents like 50 times and so I was an admin and for her and I didn't want to enter a name 50 times. I already knew it. I just wanted it to show up 50 times. So um, what I did for her, when my dad hired me, he said, well, you should probably come fix the factory. And I always thought, what the hell do you expect me to do? I didn't even know what a stud was. Like it was completely out of <laughs> my scope when I was 23 or something. But um yeah, so I, I continued on. My dad put me on to CME, and then when I started it, I just loved it. And so I went from my yellow belt to my green belt, and then hopefully down the road, I'll go to Japan for my black belt and really cut my teeth over there. Yeah. So tell me about the, tell me about the early days of, of, of coming in essentially outside the industry, even though your dad owned the company, but I mean, you yeah. know what I'm saying? And, 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 and walking into the, the, the shop full of people and saying, okay, we're going to try this and we're going to try that. Uh, uh, how did you approach that? What was that experience like? So one of the things that helped me is we took our plant supervisor or, or manager to the um, training right off the bat. Mm. So he, um, I never felt like I was trying to implement something by myself. Right. 
he is very deeply involved in the shop and just the day-to-day -day operations. And so for him to learn just alongside me, what are the things to watch for um, was very helpful. Um, we went through a lot of different journeys. Early on, we established a weekly meeting and we identified projects that we wanted to work on. And we had, they want you to track everything. So somebody has an, a name and a deadline just like every project management tool out there. Yeah. And uh, the problem with a lot of those tools is that it's very easy to make to-do lists and it's very hard to get them all checked off, especially the more complex ones that you're trying to, to tackle. So what happened was our technical or engineering team ended up getting their names on every single project. So if you imagine four people having their names um you know and actually the company was maybe 45 people or i don't know 50 to 60 by the time i was doing this um it just seemed unfair like why do just a couple guys have to do all of the improvement projects it just flies in the face of continuous improvement why why is somebody fixing it for you you need to be involved in your own solution so Eventually, I just had to scrap it and I thought, okay, this isn't working. It's just getting to be a longer and longer list and it's discouraging. And so we kept going back to the well, as I would say. So we kept sending our supervisors to training and then we'd send some of their key people to training. Uh, and then we've done Lean 101s for everybody. So they do a Lego simulation. They do one bad way and then one good way to understand how product flows. And um, we started doing lean, um, oh, what's it called? Two second lean. So we had all of our leaders read a book and the concept is, can you find two seconds saving every single day in what you do? And that makes it a really manageable bite. Two seconds is not a lot, but if you do it all the time, it really adds up. And so we had our entire factory have the opportunity to do two second lean improvements in the mornings for 15 minutes. And so we've had um, we've had a mixture of things that the guys do in the plant. A lot of them have been um, just better organization of material and layout. Um, so, for example, putting SDLs on a window. Hopefully, I don't need to explain jargon on no. the window channel. <laughs> no, you're, no, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So putting SDLs on a window, his material was kind of up high. He doesn't do it very often, but it was frustrating because they were wrapped up in bundles. So he couldn't tell the widths of them, the colors of them. It's annoying to, to count them. So you always run out. So then he made some bins and labeled them and organized them by color. And it was just funny because there was always this, that square footage on the floor for it, but nobody ever bothered to take the time. And he was um, just so proud of what he had done and he gets to reap the benefits of it. Mm -hmm. So those examples just go on and on of the staff that have become involved. And um, I, have a, I have a good story for later, but anyways, so we did the two second lean and then we, um, I would say that that ran out of some steam. And so the one thing that I've kept going, no matter what, is one time a month we get together and we tour the factory. So it's called going to the Gemba, go to the place where the work is done. Right. And that's something I always have to hammer into my own head. Like I don't hold a drill day to day. So I have to go into the factory and see what's happening. And so 
we go and each department gets to present whatever their improvements were for the month. And then we'll go back to the office, we'll jot a name down as to who, which department won the most um, votes or did the best in their improvements. And then they win a free lunch for their team. Oh, nice. So that like very small gesture of a free lunch for a department um, actually goes a long ways. And something that they improve in one department is so easy to replicate in another. So you'll always see, oh, well, they came up with this holster for a drill in this department. So all of a sudden it shows up in other places. So without those tours, people wouldn't see what other departments are doing as easily. And the teams wouldn't get to kind of brag and, and show that, hey, this look at what I accomplished. I'm not a supervisor. I'm not a 10-year you know, staff member, but I did something that helps the business. And I think it's really cool for them to present it. That that that's kind of central to the the CI idea, isn't it? Is is that the uh, people are involved at the grassroots, right? That, that that I think that was one of the sort of original things out of the the whole Japanese concept was that was that it's getting the getting yeah. the workers to to come forward with 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 their ideas and really participate in the in the. Yeah. Process. Right. So they have a red button where if the car is moving along the assembly line and absolutely anything is wrong, they can hit the red button. Every single person can stop the production line if something's wrong. Mm -hmm. And that's why the, the theory goes that Toyota's cars are on the road for so many years is that they're so focused on getting the details right and they don't just let things go. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's interesting. Um, the... Um, what would you say to somebody who listened to this and said, all this sounds great, but it sounds like a lot of work. Uh, yes. it sounds like a lot of time. Uh, I'm going to have to really disrupt things and alter things and do all this. And, you know, I'm, I'm doing okay. I'm making money. Um, you know, I, I, how, 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 how would you respond to something like that? Yeah, I think, um, Every company knows that they have room for improvement. Every single company knows that. And I think everybody knows their own weaknesses. So for us, it's partly that we're just flat out running out of space. So again, I, I love to kind of pull some of the Toyota stories out because they're on an island, right? So how many resources do they have? Um, you know, we're kind of lucky where we are because we can pull from U.S. manufacturers very easily. Well, they can't. Do they have a lot of land? Not necessarily. So they were kind of forced to be very flexible and build all sorts of different car models in a small space. Mm. And so now as we're growing, we have some of the same problems. We're trying to build a lot of different things. We're way more flexible than a big manufacturer, but we have to figure out how to do it in in the most ridiculous square footage sometimes. And so <laughs> I think for us, it was born in a necessity, but for other people who might not be quite as space constrained or, or whatever, um, you know, let's tie it to labor shortage right now. How hard has it been in the last year or two for people to stay at their jobs or for people to feel like, you know, my job matters or these people care about me or, I'm making a difference here, or I'm happy to get up and go to work today. I think that the culture that you build there is is key. Um, I mean, I could go on and on. Have Does it have this magical effect on your profitability? Probably not, but I do think that 
it just goes right into the core of yes are you building an, a profitable manufacturing company but it goes much further than that so how do your staff treat your suppliers how do they treat your customers are they thinking about the customer all the time you know that that lean teaches you to focus all the time on what does the customer want and what are they willing to pay for and what are their expectations and i think that's a great mentality no matter what yeah the the, the sorry no you go ahead no i was just thinking like the the thing about this takes a lot of time or or whatever like hey i have a full schedule like those are all things that we struggle with uh, you know, summer is a classic construction time and nobody has time for anything. But um, I think that's why we've boiled it down to the essentials of we always still sit down together around the table all the time every month. If somebody hasn't accomplished something, they're not in trouble, but they're also accountable to each other because they all have, they know it's coming. They know once a month they're going to sit down together and um I'm not full-time continuous improvement manager. Like that's like um, just a percentage of my job. And so I feel like, I feel like anybody can work it into their culture. Yeah. I, lo I love the point about the labor, right? I mean, uh, a, a lot of companies have been turning work away, uh, yeah. turning accounts away uh, 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 because they can't, uh, they can't grow anymore. They can't, they can't do anymore. And, and this, this, I mean, like you say, it's not magical. You're not looking for the kind of improvement. You know, you're not you're not going to see the kind of uh, uh, improvement that you know eliminates a whole shift or something like that. Usually, no. usually not us. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? I think that some of those improvements are like way overstated. I think yeah. sometimes I've heard these continuous improvement presentations, and I just think like, well, you really worked over your math there. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the I've seen the back end of how people can manipulate those numbers. Yeah. I just yeah. think. A lot of the really groundbreaking change happens in automation, in my opinion. It, it doesn't happen in those two-second improvements. That the automation is a whole other can of worms. Yeah, exactly. Um, you mentioned uh, you mentioned you had a good story uh, about yeah. uh, about uh, so, something you did. Go go for it. So um, I once listened. It was at a CME conference, and they had this speaker. I can't quite remember his name, but he was at a tire manufacturing facility in the US and they said, hey, your particular location is going to get shut down, close its doors, lose its, I don't know, a thousand employees if you don't turn a profit this year. <clears throat> so- the Fencon, I remember him. Okay, we, I actually yeah. suggested that we bring him back because he was so good. Yeah. Okay, yeah. you remember this story. Okay, yeah. so anyways, he had to figure out how to- put together a company goal that everybody was a part of. And so at the very top level, I, I don't remember the details, but let's say you have to make X tires in a shift to be able to pull this off or X tires in the next three months to hit their you know, profitability targets. Who knows what it was? He knew that that high, high number, which most people don't care about, has to filter down all the way to the person, you know, in my business, putting the screw in at that one station. Right. So he was kind of magical and showing how this number means that 
these top level managers have to hit these targets. And then those top level managers have to show these, this next row. Okay, well, that actually means, you know, let's talk about it in, in window terms for a second. So this many um, pieces of glass means this many pieces of frame means this many pieces that's going to go through your machine that's prepping the locking handle, whatever it is, like you have to translate the goal into something that they can understand. And not only that, but lean doesn't tell you, you know, a yearly goal, it tells you an hourly goal. And so the companies that just keep working at it and keep understanding how their factory runs, they drive down and down and down until they know minute by minute if you're on track for your schedule and you're not reacting on a Friday because you didn't load all the windows on the truck. You're not reacting then to say, oh shit, I didn't make the deadline. You're, you're way ahead of that. So anyways, this guy got t-shirts that showed the company goal on the back of it. So I took this inspiration. So he, I didn't want to buy t-shirts for everybody just on a dime because I, I just had one goal in mind for one department. We were doing patio doors. And so we have this big job and same problem as a lot of people of this year is that I cannot figure out how to schedule them right now. So I thought to myself, okay, well, over time, we've built up our capability. They were doing three a day, four a day. Okay, they pulled off. Um, I figured out how to get them to eight if we took the glazing down a different line, but they were like, they were pretty much maxed at that point. And I wasn't able to put any new tooling in or anything. You know, we just got to keep going this year. So I thought about this story that people respond to a shared and publicized goal. So am I wearing it on my t-shirt, what they need to do? how do they know what I think we need to accomplish this year or this summer to keep our customers happy? So I just took a piece of cardboard and I wrote on their daily target, very ugly, 10 doors a day. Yeah. And then I kind of made some noise about it, tried to draw attention to it. And I said, Hey, can you guys pull this off? And I walked away thinking like, there's no way. Yeah. <laughs> so you know where the story goes. Yeah. yeah. Of course. You know, I kind of check in at, at like 2.30 and they've got an hour to go and they're, they're getting close. They're kind of on track, and, and, but they're like a hair behind. And then I go in at 3.30 and then guess what? The shift that never stays for overtime is suddenly still there working as a team trying to hit this target. <laughs> <laughs> well and so, oh my gosh, it's so great. And so they hit the 10. And I go to, they're like walking away, you know, an hour after their extra overtime and I'm going to shake the leader's hand and I just notice it's, it's really sweaty and he's just dressed. Oh no. <laughs> he, just worked, he just worked his ass off. And so obviously like, you know, everybody's saying, hey, this isn't sustainable, but it was of course just the point to say like, Do, does your team know what the target is? And you can rally, you know, like, yeah. Sometimes people say, oh, my team doesn't care. Oh, they just, you know, they're just here for a paycheck. It doesn't matter to them. But I, anytime I do stuff like this, I, it opens my eyes to what people can do. I, I, I love, I love in my work and, and, and in when, when I see companies like yours and other companies, I love it when people are given deliverables and then told to use, yeah. you know, their, their intelligence and 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 their ability 
to 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 figure out how to hit that and 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 like you're like like that's a, a great illustration of i mean yeah working twice as hard is not the answer but but i mean yeah. I, I mean i mean you know wh whatever they, they 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 found a way to hit that goal that day and yeah. and well let, let, let me ask you this do you now produce 10 patio doors a day did they use <laughs> you use your continuous improvement processes to uh make that, yeah, a, yeah. that a, a thing that you can do now I actually, I like it ebbs and flows because it depends on the style that they're building. So if it's a three wide, a two wide, they got this accessory. So it's it's apples to oranges sometimes. But I actually think in the last few weeks they've been producing above what I would have expected. And I I'll ha I'll put up weeks that I just think like, ooh, this is a stretch. But I'll give them some extra time the following week. And they don't necessarily know that I planned for a bit of overflow. And then they'll just suddenly accomplish what I had on the board for the week. So I do think that that day was good for morale too. Like yeah. they, I think they needed it for the leader to gain the confidence and for the people on the team to gain the confidence in the leader. Um, and then, you know, they, they just realized like when you have to hit something, you, you, your creative brain kicks in in my opinion, you figure out a way. I, 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 I agree. And I, I mean, that's where that, you know, that's where that NUI and don't care and all this kind of thing comes from is when, is when people feel like they're engaged in a pointless task, uh, you know, that, that is, yeah. you know, they're just doing a thing that they've been told to do. Um, it's, it's, uh, it, it's great when you can, we can, when you can tie it to things like that and, uh, and then, totally you know, and then empower them, you know, with, CI ideas to uh, to try to try to bring their own ideas to how it gets done right so it just it, it motivates everybody I I, I read it I read a book once I wrote an editorial about it a while ago um, about um, uh, nothing uh, nothing stresses people out like not being in control of what they're doing oh yeah that's a good point you know and 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 that's that's the great you know, maybe mistake that sometimes gets made is just, you know, okay, do put that screw in there and don't, don't ask questions. Right. You know, but, but if, if you can, if you can get, if you can get that, uh, that involvement and that sense of ownership of the task, right. You're right. Uh, you're way ahead. Anyway, I'm gonna the, no, no, that reminds me of something. Um, a classic thing that comes out of training is that people start pointing fingers at other departments. So they'll say, well, I could accomplish my task if this guy just got me my material on time, or if I didn't have to look for glass and waste half of my day or, you know, and um, we try to, you know, both respond to some of those issues, but then we also spend time saying, you know, your job is to control what you do and your job is to find the two second savings in your day. You know, you, you focus on what your abilities are. And then in the meantime, that person also needs to work on their two second savings a day. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. What, um, I, I, I think you addressed this in a presentation I saw you do a while ago. Um, but we, 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 we can go over it again here. Um, um, you know, a lot of times companies will get excited about, uh, CI and lean, uh, they'll 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 see a presentation. They'll they'll do some training. They'll, mm -hmm. they'll try to launch this thing, and then you know a year later, it's you know not, not, yeah. little, as, little has happened or it's not happening anymore. Um, what what why does that happen, Ainsley, and how do you avoid it? Yeah, I, I think um, maybe it's our culture that in North America we're just a little bit different than where the main thing was born, but. Um, 
it does happen. And it's because we have these schedules and things that are more in front of us than improving a little every day. And, you know, the last round when we fizzled out, my dad said, hey, we haven't really been, uh, you know, continuous improvement. I'm not hearing a lot about it as much recently. We got to liven it up again. And so I brought in CME to do, um, we kind of did a rapid fire thing. We put like a whole pile of people through Lean 101. So we just brought the facilitator for um, some time back to back in our factory. And they taught airplane simulation, which is great because if you don't speak English, which is super common in the factory, um, you're using your hands to do something, you're watching, you do one version one way and one version another way. So if you don't understand the instructions, it doesn't matter, the point gets through. So anyways, um, I just think that you just go back to the basics over and over. And there's, even if you think that you know the story, you're just never done. So I'll go to the next conference that's coming up because I know that I'll walk away having learned something from a speaker or I'll go back to another training session for, for these guys because they've never been through it or these new staff. And I just always feel like going back to the professionals who do this for a living, that's the best way to go. Yeah. And, and you know, and I think you touched on it there. There, there there's that, you know, the commitment on your guys' part coming, coming right from Al, you know, down, yeah. uh, to, uh, you know, make the time for the training. And and just you know do, do do a little bit of working on the business, uh, not not a hundred percent of the time in the business. Um, that's you know that that's that's a philosophy that that has to be uh, has to be embraced a little bit, or else or else these kinds of improvements never happen. Right? Yeah, it's just a, a very stereotypical answer that you need the senior management to be uh, on board, and it always makes me think that whoever's speaking feels like their boss is not supporting them, yeah, <laughs> which is too yeah. bad. <laughs> but that's yeah. how I always read in between the lines when people say, oh, the senior leadership needs to be on board. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And what they're saying is they're not. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We, yeah, exactly. They're not getting the support that they need. So in a way, I'm very, very lucky. But uh, yeah, well, yeah, I that think was that one of the reasons it worked for you guys was because, you know, you, you were well, tasked slash took on, um, 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 you know, a, a focus on that, right? And you were able to do that uh, in, in your role there. True. Yep. Yeah, that's so but true. Because... Now there, Ainsley? I, I didn't even ask. Are you are you general manager now? Oh, what am I titled? Operations manager. Operations manager. Okay. Yeah. Good. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that you know, just having that having that focus and having that. Uh, having that uh that that willingness to uh to 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 do it and you know and get the benefit i, I and as you say you know dollar dollars and cents uh, uh picking it off your bottom line might be hard to do um yeah. but, uh, but i think everyone's got to really everybody in this business can appreciate the quality uh uh improvements i i think from that and the and 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 just having the the workers focused on 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 their job they're doing um, you know, mistakes, are, mistakes and delays are so costly uh, in, in, in this business, ultimately. And, you know, again, it's, it's something that's hard to cost out. But, but boy, yeah. if, you can, if you can reduce it, everyone's going to have a happier life uh, yeah. for a big way, right? I do spend a little bit of time here and there costing out, okay, this is one way, or this is another, or these are the dollars that we saved. And when you 
back it off that way. I think that the staff also realizes what they're looking at. Um, I actually had somebody texting me today saying, um, okay, well, we can buy these plugs and we'll need eight of them per window. And then I start to, and then I'm telling him like, well, you're trying to buy them from a retailer, so you're going to pay a premium for them. So then I go ahead and do the math and say, okay, that's going to be how much in a year? And you start rethinking what your payback is. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I think I might be patchy here. Are you okay? Because you're frozen. No, no, I'm okay. You're, yeah, you're, yeah, you're all right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, at least, yeah, at least at my end, you are. Yeah. Um, the um, let, let's 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 do the let's do the lightning round. Um, you're uh, okay. um, you, you mentioned that. Let's see. You mentioned drill holsters. Uh, you mentioned um, um, the, uh, the the guy getting his SDL uh, uh, packages all 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 organized and color coded. Uh, uh, give me, give me some more specifics. What are, what are some other ideas that, that, that the glass people will really, uh, will really be able to, uh, to relate to that, 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 that you've, uh, that you've. Uh, oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Um, okay. One of them that I really liked was we added color coding for shipping locations. So we have, I don't know, five colors established for where something is going and it filters through not just the window and doors. So orange is going to somewhere in the US, um, but same with the hardware, it's color coded the same way, the uh, service parts, whatever it is, it's all color coded so that you're way less likely to either miss it or put it on the wrong truck. Oh, cool. Yeah, so, okay, so, so, and, and then all the, all the components are coded really to where they're ultimately gonna end up. So there's yeah. much less chance of something getting, getting, getting mixed up and transferred over to another line. Well, Loading trucks is a bit of a gong show sometimes and getting all the little bits and bobs on it correctly is really important so that they can close up that construction site. So, yeah. Oh, that's it. That's, that's, and, that's interesting. You know, what does it cost us to, uh, to print, print a label on a different color? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, exactly. Zero. Yep. Zero. Doesn't matter. You mentioned something about moving your, uh, moving your glazing on one project to a, to a, to a different line. And and you right. were able to achieve you were able to achieve some uh, some efficiencies there. Tell tell me about that. How did how did how did that break down? If you can remember, I'm putting you on. Yeah, the yeah. no, no, for sure. Um, so each department is always so married to what they do every day that the second that you ask them to do something else, they're like, "Well, I'm not going to achieve my schedule." And then as a company, you know, well, like I know what needs to go where. Like that customer is absolutely getting precedence over this other job that's not delayed or whatever the story is. Yeah. So you have to teach your team to also flex. Or let's say that there's a huge window package that was released, but there's not a lot of patio doors because that building doesn't have them. So you just have to be willing to flex. And it, I actually am fighting it every day where I say like, those guys do not need to be building exactly what they're doing. They know how to put glass in. So if the glazers need help one day, they're gonna help. Or if the patio door line needs to do their specialized thing of prepping jams and sashes and all this stuff, the glazers know how to put in glass, but they don't know how to do the other stuff. So we'll get the frames all ready and then it'll go down Kind of a little highway where they're super fast at glazing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That makes that makes sense. Good stuff. Well, listen, Ainsley, this has been uh, this has been informative. Uh, um, give me uh, give me one more item of, of advice for 
I guess a smaller shop that that, that hasn't hasn't uh, hasn't got into uh, hasn't got into thinking about any of the continuous or lean stuff. Um, I, I suppose an obvious one would be to take a course. Uh, I, I get to your get to whatever CME um, uh, yeah. is happening uh, locally to you because I think they do them all over all over Canada or at least in in larger centers um, and uh, and 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 check it out. But um, what uh, what what else would you say to somebody who was who was thinking about doing it but maybe hasn't yet? Um, the other option: call a friend. Yeah. <laughs> call an expert, call somebody who's been doing it because people in, in continuous improvement typically love to share. Like I'm probably right in that mix. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You've been and, doing a lot uh, of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah um, cool. Read a book, right? The Toyota Way is, is your classic Bible of lean manufacturing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah, I think. And then doing a, doing a course is very easy and not a big time commitment, but your whoever's leading your plant has to know what that's all about. Yeah. Ainsley Duick, Operations Manager at Duxton Windows and Doors. Thank you so much for joining me today. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Pat. Thanks for listening to Glass Talk. You can find this episode at glasscanadamag.com or on the major podcasting services. Glass Talk is a presentation of Glass Canada Magazine and Annex Business Media.